Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of And In Other News, the podcast where we aim to bring you the lighter side of the news. I'm Daisy. And I'm Ellie. Firstly, we'll be bringing you a story that's going to make you think, then one that we hope will make you laugh, and finally we'll finish on something that will warm your heart. Let's Let's go go for it. it. Did we say that at the same time? Yeah, I think so. I think mine was slightly after. So the first story is a piece on The Independent written by Sophie Gallagher and it is about something called burnout, which I'm sure we've all heard of. But I think Mm. the term burnout has kind of lost its meaning a little bit because everybody's been doing it. The article basically talks about how during lockdown, the lines between work and social life or lack thereof have been even more blurred, I guess, because we've all been working Mm. from home and how actually how burnout has become part of the job description now because it's almost expected from you that you go above and beyond from your job and maybe devote yourself a little bit too much to it and she was talking about how it was kind of impairing her day-to-day functioning like she'd be clumsier than usual and she was just so stressed and she was knocking things over and not really thinking like she was saying she had colleagues that were putting soap on their toothbrushes or just forgetting (sighs) things constantly but she was so confused because it didn't feel like she didn't have the time to do all these things because Mm. that was all she had but she just didn't feel capable of doing it almost so I guess it was kind of an emotional state of being so stressed all the time and simultaneously unable to do anything to combat that stress which is very relatable and actually I think she's completely right in saying that it's almost expected of you I know people at university that were told if they were getting eight hours sleep a night, then they weren't doing enough work. Like, that's not healthy. That's not normal. Oh, my God. I think it's probably a lot to do with just not having the two separate spaces as well. Yes. You know, like when you're not working from home, when you're working in wherever it is, an office, a hospital, a classroom, or where, wherever you work, you come home to your private space, to your leisure time, and you can try and shut off. Yeah. If you're in the space that you've been using all that brain power and doing all that work, then how are you ever expected to shut off? Yeah, it's like when they say, never work from your bed, but I think you should extend that to your bedroom. Like I Mm. hate days where I'm sat working in my room. So they define burnout as a state of emotional, physical and mental exhaustion caused by excessive and prolonged stress. And it makes sense that that stress is excessive and prolonged if you are then kind of subject to it all the time because there's no physical leaving that work behind. Obviously, you're a final student at uni. Do you ever Mm. feel like there's a constant demand on you because so much of your study is outside of lessons? Yes. Probably the hardest part of it is that my contact hours have not been that much at any point. It's really been on the independent study, but then also trying to have a life and work jobs as well at the same time but feel guilty when I take extra hours at work or agree to meet up with my friends and things like that especially during this exam season or at all really during third year because I'm like oh even though I've been working all day I feel like I should still carry on I don't know how much of that comes from the university and how much of that is just internalized pressure what's mad is in this article saying that it can cause clumsiness I find that absolutely crazy I guess it just completely impairs your mental function because you're so stressed and one of the symptoms as well is reduced efficiency at work so because you're so stressed by all of this stuff you have to do it just almost makes you freeze up 
And it was really interesting as well, the article mentioned a lot about how your work and your job these days almost forms a part of your identity. And so it was saying that actually a lot of your self-worth is based on your work. And so it's almost a benchmark of how you compare yourself to other people. And then what I thought was really interesting was then it said that the wellness industry kind of sells itself as a solution to that. And I thought actually a lot of the time, a lot of things related to wellness also sell themselves as a should thing. I should be doing yoga. I should be having these Ooh. green smoothies. Whereas actually a lot of self-care is just taking time away from everything and just stopping. So I think it's a lot of shoulds coming at you from every direction. Yeah. I'm just ranting now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What you're saying about decreased efficiency at work makes me think of how like at Google headquarters, all the offices, you've got like sofas and bean bags and game rooms, really chilled cafeterias and things like that. And it was all about people having a really nice time at work so that they can work harder and not feel so stressed to the point that they're, I guess, burnt out. Yeah, and having workplace yoga class. Yeah. Free drinks on Fridays. <laughs> I guess it's just a completely different way of fostering productivity, isn't it? Encouraging people to feel at home rather than a lot of places which try and get people to be more productive through stressing them out to the max. Yeah. And I guess adrenaline and stuff can only take you so far. Ultimately, it's not a sustainable way to work. Yeah. If you love your job, or at least if you love coming to work, you're going to have less absenteeism, people actually putting in more effort, but not because they're feeling like they have to, but because they want to and they want the, you know, the company to succeed. Yeah. And in the completely alternate way, if you do love what you do and then you find that actually there's too much pressure being put on you and it becomes more of a chore. Yeah, I think you're right. I think though it kind of goes a bit deeper than having workplace yoga free drinks like my <laughs> uni used to do oh we'll have a petting session with some dogs and it's like that's yeah. great but ultimately what needs to change I think at a more profound level is our attitude towards work yeah you've just got to take the NMFJ approach which is not my freaking job I thought you were <laughs> referring to a Myers-Briggs personality type <laughs> Oh my God, that too, that too. No, this is just when you get asked to stay longer, do something that's just not in your responsibilities and that you're not getting paid extra to do. Sorry, mate, NMFJ. Love that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> if there were one thing that would make you feel calmer and more productive at work in your office, if you could have anything, what would it be? Someone constantly telling me, it's fine, if you don't really feel like doing that right now, that's okay. Just don't. Just do it like whenever you feel like it. Like a little positivity <laughs> angel just sat on your shoulder like, yeah. it's all right, Dave, do I? Yeah, just that? someone who has who can counter all the like, mm. oh my God, must get this done. Someone's like, no, yeah. it's okay if you don't. What about you? What would chill you out? I'd have a masseuse. Oh, God, not a good option. <laughs> but then I think my masseuse would get burned up, to be honest. So I don't know how well that would work. <laughs> it's an endless cycle of burnout. Literally. To be fair, I think they'd get the joy of my conversation all day and that would cause anybody to want to come to work. Absolutely. This chat that you all get for 15 minutes a week, they'd get all day. <laughs> all the live long day. Lucky things. The masseuse burnout thing reminds me of um, like when people ask like, yeah, but then who is therapist to all the therapists? <laughs> like someone who's taking on people's problems every day then surely needs therapy themselves then like is there like a grand master therapist or is it just like a chain like a Ooh. <laughs> maybe we've just solved burnout get more masseuses 
and make sure you're doing the right job that doesn't stress you out too much. Yeah, I think we solved burnout there. I'm proud of us. Brilliant. Proud of us too. And in other news, this story is a little bit weird and wacky. And I say a little bit, this a is extremely bit. weird and wacky. And it just makes me question everything I know about the world and about humankind. You've built this up. <laughs> yes, because it just makes you think, why? I'm just going to get straight into it. It's about the Ohio State Senator, Andrew Brenner, taking part in a Zoom Senate meeting. And he's in the car, not just you know, being chauffeured around or in the passenger seat. He's driving the car during the Zoom call. That in itself, what the hell? Instead of just like turning his camera off and being like, really sorry, I can't turn my camera on right now. Technical difficulties. That is such a good point. Why do you have his camera on? Honestly, 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 honestly. So he put a background on, didn't he? Yeah. He put a nice little background of a fake living room with a plant and some artwork and some cupboards. And you'd be none the wiser, none the wiser, if it wasn't for the seatbelt across his chest and him constantly looking around as if he's doing a five-point turn or something. That's amazing. Those backgrounds, though, are insane. So... I thought that an old teacher of mine was an actual millionaire because their background was insane until one day she moved and it left a trail behind her and I was shook. Oh, oh gosh. The deception will always come back to bite you as it did with this man as well. Yeah. And also like with your tutor, was it obviously fake or were they trying to pass it off as their house? This is what I don't know. I don't know. And I think maybe a bit of both. Maybe she was like, oh, I'll let them believe it if they want to. But Mm. if they don't, then that's also not my problem. But this guy was very clearly trying to convince people that he was sat in the house with a seatbelt on and was just a bit paranoid. Yeah. Well, obviously, he got in trouble for this. The other absolutely insane part of this was it was on the same day that they were instating a ban on distracted driving. I think partaking in a Zoom call whilst driving is the very epitome of distracted driving. But according to Mr. Andrew Brenner, he was not distracted. He was like, oh yeah, I was just listening. And then concentrating on the road. Because you're allowed to talk hands-free, but having your camera on, how was he doing this? Did he have his, he must've had it on his phone now. I had (laughs) visions of him with his laptop balanced on the dashboard before I realized (laughs) you could get a zoom on your phone. still like he would be able to see the others wouldn't he so video call is really unacceptable thing to do while you're driving i'm all for being deceptive on zoom though obviously you have the standard (laughs) trackies below the waist yeah what's the most deceptive thing you've done on a zoom call well just now before we started recording this i was in a zoom call and so i brought an eclair up with me you know like a little um like a toffee filled with chocolate i wasn't going to eat it until afterwards but then this lady in the zoom call started talking about how she used to get these ice cream filled with giant toffee chunks and as soon as she said toffee i was like uh uh yes please i have a toffee and i'm definitely gonna eat it right now so i had to really slyly put it in my mouth but it's a toffee it's not like it's a skit where you can just dissolve it on your tongue i was there trying to do minimal mouth movements like, <laughs> like that drama game where you have to warm up your face by pretending to chew a massive toffee 
that was literally me but the opposite because i was trying to be so subtle <laughs> what's some deception you do well i have started to rank fruits based on how subtly you can eat them on zoom <gasps> So obviously like an apple you have to bite it it's impossible yeah. zero points <laughs> satsumas great but you do have to peel them and that's quite an effort and then i feel like the smell of the satsuma on my hands then kind of gives me this lingering guilt i've been eating on the zoom call yeah so grapes grapes the number oh, one perfect you can just sneaky pop, pop grape yeah no one yeah to know. but then there's the ongoing nature of a grape you don't just eat one grape a lot of subtle grape pops yeah like a cheek scratch slide over yeah pop the grape in yeah just uh yeah. hammer off for two minutes pop a few mm. grapes come back have the cheeks dissolve yes oh my god amazing I really, I think, perfected the art of turning my camera off for a second so I can do something and then turning it back on, but being in the position with my hands away and still like really intently listening as if I never touched Amazing. Camera. It just turned off itself from technical difficulty. <gasps> I love that. I really want to be yeah. that person that orders a cardboard cut out of themselves to just put... Do it. But do I feel like we've it. gone past that now. I think it's going back in person. So annoying. Oh. I've on things honestly gutted no i'm not gutted i take that back i'm so happy to be doing things bye zoom <laughs> literally and in other news this last story is one that we think will warm your heart because it's been getting us emotional before we even started talking about it and it's about a lady in america called linda owens who's won something called a jefferson award she is a foster mum, and over the course of the past 34 years i think it is she's fostered over 81 infants wow so she's a single parent she used to work in a supermarket i think and she basically just looks after all these kids on her own she never married never had kids and she just says it's so rewarding to be able to look after these children but i, I thought it was so selfless because when you read the article it's very very clear that she remembers each and every one of them oh. and also that she tries so hard to kind of help them to get to where they need to be because obviously a lot of these children come to her from quite difficult backgrounds and so it's a lot of care that she needs to give them like emotional mm. physical normal and is clearly, you know, really expert in what she does. And it was just such a lovely story about how much she's given up for all of these children. And she says she calls herself their temporary mother, which I think is lovely because oh. you hear so many tricky stories about fostering. But actually, I just think it's really nice when you see someone like this who's done something so amazing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, definitely deserves the award that she got, plus lots of other awards. I mean, 81, yeah. that's a big difference, you know? You want to make your difference and you want to have an impact on children's lives and you want to help kids. But realistically, the average person isn't able to do that much. But 81 children that she's made their lives better, at least temporarily, that's quite incredible. Yeah. And having that time where they were in her care probably then goes on to impact them for the rest of their lives as well. Yeah, absolutely. You're so young having a good home makes such a massive difference, even mm. if it is only temporary. And she mentioned in the article how hard it was to say goodbye, because I think when you're in such an intense situation with somebody, you do just create bonds with them so quickly yeah. and so deeply as well. So it was lovely to hear. It's kind of reminded me of that episode of Friends where Phoebe gets given the puppy yeah. and then she has to give it back. And it's really sad, but then she looks at how happy 
the puppy's making the people she's giving it to and it's just like oh. but yeah it's I just thought it was so admirable as well Absolutely. especially with babies they're so cute yeah <laughs> yeah I think as well you only ever hear in the media about fostering from Tracy Beaker and all that kind of thing and about how difficult (laughs) these children's lives are and so it's really nice to hear a story about actually some children having a good even if it is temporary when they go on to be adopted or go on back to their birth families it's nice to have that positive portrayal. Absolutely and good that as far as the article says that she said that she's not planning to stop anytime Mm. soon as long as she's healthy and can do it she'll carry on doing it which then it's making me think like, oh my gosh, because I already said 81, that's so many. And she's not even done. She'll get to well, 100. You know, hundreds, yeah. Not hundreds maybe, but like hundred, good amount. Did it remind you of This Is Us? Oh, it really did. Don't even get, get the tears going. This <laughs> Possibly too emotional for my Monday evening, to be honest. This story. I just, the yeah. video of her holding all of these gorgeous babies and just, oh. you can tell how much she cares. And I'm just like, this is so lovely. I don't think I could do it. Mostly because I can barely even care for myself, like a cook of a pot of pasta, but on an emotional level as well, it's just a lot. A lot, a lot. And I didn't register the fact that she's single mum as well, doing all this literally completely by herself. Yeah. But anyway, that definitely warmed my heart this week. That definitely warmed my heart that that story is really is like the definition of heart warming thank you for listening to this week's episode of and another news we hope you've enjoyed listening to our stories and do feel free to subscribe if you want to be notified when we post our next episode we'll see you soon bye see you soon bye bye